0: Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number 1 decking brand. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne.
1: Good morning and welcome to another big week of Jack and Payne with me, Jack Revolt, and of course my partner in crime, the Australian Test cricket captain, Tim Payne. And we have always brought to you thanks to Harrison Agents Tasmania's real estate experts. Now, before I welcome Payne in, we've managed to get a little, ooh, get some new tricks. We've uh, puckered up the courage to be able to talk to our listeners penny <clears throat> online through calls and text so get your phones out get your pens and papers out the old style you know when you want to get your business right up the top of the yellow pages you put triple a right in front of it triple a jack and Paney, you can give us a call on 1300 421533 or send us a text on 0437 552 Five three five. Welcome, Payney. Good Friday morning. How are you down there in Tasmania? Morning, Jack. Couldn't be better. Uh, excited that we've got the
2: lines open with our listeners this morning. Um, hoping that not too many of our peanut, peanut mates are uh, sending texts already, but looking forward to speaking to uh, some people
1: all around Tasmania this morning. Well, mate, it's a, it's, a, it's a craze on Instagram to be the first liker of a post, especially if you're liking someone who has a little blue tick that... Well, may say that they're famous, but um, I always see that first <laughs> comment, first like, and the first text message has come through. And it uh, it's the big boss, the big boss at 5.47 a.m. Even before we were on, uh, no. online here at 7 a.m., Craig Hutchison has sent through the first text. Have a great show, lads. Hutchie. Oh. So, uh, thanks, Fantastic. Hutch, for that. We really appreciate it. Uh, and we are looking, obviously, forward to... People calling in the show. Now, I will read out those numbers again: 01300 4215 33 to give us a call uh, or send us a text on 0437 552 535. Massive show painting we've put together today for this Friday. We have got your mate uh, and what is going to be an absolute uh, keystone to. Australia re- regaining the Ashes. or What are we? Have, we? have we got the Ashes painting or are you looking to regain them? I think they're on. I think they're on. I haven't seen absolute confirmation
2: yet, but all the reports uh, out of the UK that weren't so positive earlier in the week, Jack, particularly around myself, um, they seem to have spun a little bit. I'm hearing some positive things out of England and, uh, I think Joe Roots managed to rally the crew, and I think they're boarding a plane at some stage. So December eight, as we thought it would be, Jack looks like it's going to be going ahead.
1: All right, well we'll get into that a little bit later because I've got some, I've seen a few things over the internet uh, on the over the week uh, since last Friday that I want to pick your brain a little bit. Out. But Nathan, the goat lion, the man who is uh, well, he's going to be very pivotal to Australia's chances of. Of winning the Ashes, he's going to be on the show. We have got the Norm Smith medalist and premiership player and arguably the best player in the competition. So the GOAT of the AFL at the moment, that is Christian Petrarca. And then this, there is hot streaks and then there is hot streaks. This man, where well, he joins us <laughs> every week, but he is currently on arguably the greatest oh. selling uh, housing selling a hot streak of all time. That is David the Goat Flash Lithgow. He'll be joining us with all things Tasmanian uh, and we'll be getting ready because this is going to be your last show for a while and you'll be handing it over is. the reins to, to Flash. Sammy Edmonds. Well, he's, he's already taken them, to be fair. He's already he's taken like them. Like I said, he is, he is up and about. He's selling houses left,
2: right and centre. They talk about a real estate shortage in Tasmania. David Lithgow just keeps on selling them. That's why <laughs> he just the moment it. it's extraordinary. Selling. Sammy's so chest puffed out, he's up and about. Yeah,
1: Sammy Edmund's going to join us, the chief uh, football reporter here at SEN, about all things trade, with the trade period starting, and of course, free agency's been going for a little while now. Uh, I mentioned, Payne, this will be your last week, so we will be doing a ceremonial handover at the end of the show to Flash. Yep. Um, a bit similar to sort of Malthouse, Buckley, Clarkson, Mitchell, Ruse Goodwin. We'd like to go down the Ruse Goodwin mould, wouldn't we? Yeah, maybe. there's not- been some
2: good success stories, no doubt about that, but... But let's be honest there has been a few that haven't worked so flash is uh, i know he's feeling the pressure a little bit but he'll be all right we've backed him in we've got him got him to this stage where he's ready to go jack so we're we're looking forward to what he can bring to us next week
1: and and going forward uh yes it will be good all the clanging and bang will be live uh as well so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I might come in actually and just bang in the background there yeah, we open w- doors slam <laughs> them cough oh it'll be great our listeners won't know what's going on if we haven't got that in the background
1: so. uh very good well i, I <laughs> I know that you won't be lost to the show, Paney. You'll be tuning you'll well, you'll be tuning in obviously, but we will be coming to you every week to talk to talk all things ashes and it will be the well be a sporting pinnacle over the back end of this year and the start of next year when hopefully we can uh we can win the world cup. Uh win the world cup, sorry, win the win the ashes and uh you can uh, I mean be successful and it would be awesome. Uh, currently, though, live uh, live sport at the moment, boys. We've got the World Cup qualifier, Australia versus Oman. Uh, Australia scored the first goal. It was 1-0. Oman have squared it up, but oh uh, Australia have scored again. So, currently 2-1, uh, 12 minutes to go. So, it's uh, looking good for the Australians here. A uh, little bit of live play. Just had a set shot and saved by the Australian keeper. Uh, Paney. It's been a massive week for you. You, you, you've dropped the Kevin Peterson headline last week, and we've been speaking <laughs> about the boys coming out, or oh, the boys, are the English cricket team coming out to play cricket here in Australia for the Ashes, the yeah. greatest cricket cricketing sport, spectacle in the world. But you've been absolutely belted, oh. pillar to post on social media. Did you? Did you? Have you recognised during the week that you've been copying a little bit of material from? Oh, absolutely. Our English friends. I,
2: I, I um. You know, it's busy when you just constantly get you refreshed your how many times you've been mentioned. You can't just flick through. So, if normally if you have a conversation with your mates on Twitter, you can just scroll down and have a look. No chance this week. I have been belted every day, 24 hours a day, and I've absolutely loved it. So, uh, the, the disappointing thing, Jack, was actually KP, and I saw you commenting on it. We, yeah. we thought when we dropped that little drive by on him Didn't that we he would certainly take the nugget out there he, he and get Jack and Painty SN Hobart out there, but he. <laughs> He, it's like he's grown up. It was extraordinary. I was disappointed. Uh, but
1: anyway. Was. It was. I was very disappointed about that. Well, I've got a few headlines here, Payne. So you've, um, you've obviously spoken about KP. but he, So here we go. I've got eight headlines. <laughs> Tim Payne declares Ashes will go ahead whether Joe Root is here or not. Tim, Tim? Payne smacks down expert Kevin Peterson, insists Tim? Ashes will go ahead. Cricket at war with itself over Ashes' COVID panic. No. England unloads on Payne as Ash's feud explodes. Yeah. Australian yeah. captain Tim Payne branded irrelevant after nonsense Ashes comments. Who Engl- was that one? Uh, I'm not sure who sent that one through. That was he- Rob Key. Okay, right. <laughs> you Speaking know, you irrelevant. definitely know.
2: <laughs> Speaking of irrelevant,
1: uh, England great Nasser Hussein blasts lecturing Aussies. England yep. savage Tim Payne over Ashes debacle dig and the entire country unloads on Tim Payne. Now, Payney, before I get your reaction to these, uh, these well, so they say headlines, they're certainly headlines. I've got the actual audio of what you said last Thank week, you. so so here we go. Let's have a listen to it.
2: Well the Ashes are going ahead the first test on
3: December 8 and whether Joe's here or not to be honest with you so um, he's negotiating let's be frank he's negotiating he wants the, the best sort of I guess rules in place for the players under the best conditions possible and yeah. Joe Root wants to come oh he? they
2: all want to come there's no doubt about that and, and like you said they're trying to get themselves the best possible conditions that they can get Yep. but at the end of the day we all are and, and we don't want to give them poor conditions because we're going to be in the same, same boat as them but uh, it'll be worked out, as we've said many times, above us, and then they'll have a choice to make you either get on that plane or you don't, but there'll be a squad of England players coming here in the first test. will be starting on December eight.
1: Nothing sort of, uh, sort of headline-grabbing well, there, is there, Tim? Well, I didn't think so. I thought I played it pretty much with a straight
2: bat, gave some facts, um, but... That comes with the territory, Jack, when you're playing against England. They're going to come at us hard, and normally it starts. I noticed it last time when I went, when I went to the Ashes, as soon as we got off the plane in England. They go out yeah, their, their media is slightly different to ours, but, um, yeah, I'd like a bit of accuracy around it. I, I certainly didn't hear any lecturing around quarantine, as Nasser Hussain put it. Um, spouting uh, nonsense, I think, was Rob Key. Would you say I, that? They- I, I think... I put the four things down. Though. It basically came down to what I said was the Ashes will go ahead on December 8th. Yep. Tick. We want good conditions for them because we will get the same. Tick. Decisions will be made above us at government and board level. Tick. Tick. And once that's done, everyone has a choice. I think that's quite sensible and and logical, what I've said
1: there. Yeah, no, um, I wholeheartedly I, I, I agree with you there. I do... The government side of things, Little Birdie whispered to me that maybe you may have been dealing with possibly the, we well, are the second highest authority in the land. You may have been dealing with the highest authority in the land and, and he wants to get the lay of the land from you. Uh,
2: well, yeah, I've had a little bit of contact with him, but I have over my period. Um, Scott Morrison, the, the test Premier Captain, actually. The Scott of the PM, Australia. So yeah, he, he always touches base to see how it's going and, um, and he was keen, I think, to find out. What the sticking points might be from a from a player's perspective. So, um, yeah, shared a sh- shared a few text messages with, uh, I suppose, the boss. Um,
1: nuffy or not a Nuffy?
2: I loves it. Yeah, loves nuffy. his cricket. Loves his sport, doesn't yep. he? I mean, you always see him. I think he's a Cronulla Sharks fan with his cap on. He looks. He does look a bit. Um, yeah, he goes the scarf. He goes the cap. He gets right into it. But, it, um, it so where does it all yeah, sit but now, he, Payne? He's been trying out. Where does it well, all sit? As, Again, I don't think they've guaranteed they're coming yet, but what I'm hearing out of England's all been really positive. Um, I think Joe Root has spoken to the players. Um, I know some of our high staff, our CEO, Nick Hockley, um, was on a call with some of their players and, and the feedback from that was, was really positive. I think that uh, most, if not all, things that have been asked for have been um, delivered. Um, and as I said the, the last week, it, the conditions... Cricket Australia want the conditions to be good. This series worth a lot of money um, to to Cricket Australia and, and the game obviously around the country uh, relies on, on those incomes coming in to survive, no different to the footy going ahead. So it was important for Cricket Australia that it went ahead. I think it was built as this sort of ECB versus... Cricket Australia, that wasn't the case. I think behind the scenes the the boards and the governments on both ends were working together to get everyone the best possible conditions so it could go ahead. Um, and as I said last week, my belief still is that the first test will be December 8th. Um, positive news is that I'm hearing a lot of their players will commit. There might be one or two that don't, but um, I think we'll see a really strong England side come out here as we would, we would want as players and as um, Australian fans. So I think it's going to be uh, maybe a little bit of added spice through the media, which is nice. There's always a bit of, um, there's always
1: a bit extra on an Ashes series, so this one's going to be no different. Well, it's looking likely that they will come out, as you've just said there, and <clears throat> it's uh, it's certainly going to be an amazing sporting spectacle. The Ashes is something that every cricketer wants to be involved in, and every Australian loves to watch on TV and listen to, listen to. Sorry, right here on SEN, that you've teased there that maybe there might be a couple that don't come out here, Payne. Now. I'd be interested to be a fly in the room for when they go in to see Joe Root and they tell him why they're not coming out to Australia and what their excuse is going to be. And and I want to tease this out as our first text line topic uh, and call the topic as well. So you can call us on 1300 42 15 or send us a text on 0437 552 532. What's your best excuse for, <clears throat> for missing work? So... We've had a couple on the show, Paney, so far. We've we've had Nathan Ellis, who uh, obviously is playing uh, for Australia at the moment and coming up in the T20 World Cup. He missed training because he didn't have enough money to put fuel in his car to get across the Tasman Bridge and yep. and come over from. Although the we west. did learn that I put a bit of mail on that story, but we'll run with it. We'll run with that one there. Another well, another guest we've had on the show, Ricky Ponting, missed his first. Well, nearly missed the first uh, day of his. First ever Shield match due to, to putting be, yep. his alarm on PM instead of AM. I've I'm got one. That. I've got one. Nathan Brown, he got busted for this, but he actually said that he had to go to – he's from Bendigo over here in Melbourne. He uh, said that he had to go to his nan's funeral up in Bendigo um, and went to the Bendigo races and got caught out by Terry Wallace only because – by the time his third nan had passed away, <laughs> Terry had cottoned on that Brownie was up to something. But uh, I want to hear what your uh, what what, what are these England boys going to come up with their excuses not for coming and what's your best excuse for uh, for not going to work? Uh, and I'm looking forward to hearing some some nuggets of gold. This is Jack and Paney right here on SEN Hobart.
0: The all-new SEN app. Download it today and never miss a moment of your favourite show. Streaming live, anywhere, anytime. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne.
1: Welcome back to Jack and Paney. thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate experts. You can give us a call on 1300 42 15 or send us a text on 0437 552 535. Those new lines open today, uh, finally plucked up the courage, Paney to hear from the public and we've got a few texts through already Beauty. so I'm going to fire them at you Payne. Uh, this one hasn't got a name to it, but the the question has come: Did you ever think the ashes wouldn't go ahead? Sorry, it's Ralph in Lonnie's put his name on the end there. Did you ever think, Paney, that you were going to have the summer off and uh, just kick back at a Possum Bay mate on the uh, on the I'm beach? I'm not going to
2: lie, uh, Jack and Ralph, thanks for your text. I there was a point after last week's show when it did go a little bit viral. Where I thought, Jesus, what happens here if it doesn't go ahead? <laughs> But I know I had confidence, and my understanding, as I said, behind the scenes is that both boards were working really hard together to make sure it would go ahead. Um, So, yeah, I was pretty comfortable with it. I did have one night where I was like, oh, God,
1: this is going to look ordinary (laughs) if it doesn't go ahead, but thankfully it's looking good. Uh, This one comes, and probably both of us can answer, is how do you feel about athletes missing games for uh, having a child, is it more accepted these days or do some still frown upon it? That one comes from Steve in Belle What a great suburb. Belle is very high selling. Flash tells me uh, the very suburb of Belle
2: Price going through the roof. Through the roof. Um, <coughs> Thoughts, Payne? Yeah, I think it's it's totally acceptable now. I think you see it, it's probably... Um, it happens more than it doesn't. I think when, when guys are having children, um, particularly given now that the bubbles and it's hard to get in and out of... Um, of states and countries I think you see it happening more and more and um, obviously now at international cricket level in particular you're playing so much that um, you know if you get an opportunity and you need to be around for those important things in your family life then um, administration and from leaders in the team I think it's, um, it's, it's accepted it's encouraged in fact to, to get home and, and uh, be a part of your family life.
1: Uh, Nathan Jones is a great example of that. Uh, obviously, missed the grand final week yep. over there and uh, came over, uh, came back to see the birth of his two twins. Uh, this uh, <laughs> one of the excuses that's come through, and this one's been heard a lot. hasn't got a name to it. This text, but uh, they've just texted in saying, "My dog legitimately." Once ate my homework. I don't think I've ever used that one, Payney. But uh, I think I might have. You at can, one stage. Come on, come on. That
2: uh, I would have been scraping the bottom of the barrel. I made plenty of excuses when I was at school, Jack. Don't worry about that. Oh, so I that can was imagine. Probably one of them at one I, stage.
1: I can imagine. Well, Paney, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because I've been tracking the socials like an absolute hawk, and well, this one has come up from the official Barmy Army page there at the Barmy Army. Two hundred and twenty-seven thousand followers they've got, and they they fired this one out. <clears throat> Uh, when was it? Uh, A couple of days ago. Here we go. Uh, If Joe Root scores 80 more runs than Tim Payne in the first two Ashes tests, his (laughs) 2021 test runs will be higher than Payne's career test runs. So currently, Joe Root's sitting on 1,455. You've scored 1,534 test runs. So Joe will go past you if he scores 80. That's assuming that you get out for a duck in both of those games four times, which... uh, uh, I don't want to put the mockers on you. It ain't going to happen. No. Is there, this is possibly the worst comparison of sports I've, I've ever seen. One, you're, yep. you're opening, you're, he's an opening, sorry, a top line batsman. You're a yep. keeper, not a batsman. Yep. You, you bat, but you are, you are a keeper and Australia's best yep. gloveman. Thoughts I, on that? I'd like Come to say on. apples and oranges, but it's not even that. No, it's, it's
2: a long way. I mean, you would think, I mean, the Barmy Army watch a lot of cricket. Yeah. You would think they would understand the game a little bit better than that. Um, anyway, what I do know, well, Jackie, is well, that I've got 1,534 more runs than the Barmy Army. In <laughs> test so I'm happy with that. And I think in those four tests that I've played in 2021 compared to Joe's 18, I think I've taken more catches. So. Why don't we
1: tweak that? Yeah. Well, I, mean, I I want to compare apples with apples. So who would be our best right. test, test batsman? Steve Smith. Yep. Right. Joe Root test average fifty point one five. Twenty three test centuries. Steve Steve Smith, sixty one as a test average. Eleven better, and in uh, I think it's thirty two fewer tests. Steve Smith yep. has scored twenty seven test centuries. So four more in thirty two. All right, right. Now let's. Go your so that's that's apples and apples all right so we've got apples and apples again Tim Payne's best your best batting average or your batting average of 32.63 against this is the England top order or what we think could be the England top order Rory Burns 32.3 got him covered Ollie Pope 32.16 got him covered Dom Sibley Ooh. 28.94 got him covered David Milan 28.6. Zach Crawley, 28.3. Dan Lawrence, 27.2. And the two guys that I wouldn't say they were keepers, but they've kept Johnny Bairstow and Josh Butler average below 34. So basically, within one, the two batsman keepers, rather than the keeper batsman it is literally the worst take of all time.
2: Yeah, it's not their best. It really isn't their best, but they were good stats. I didn't know all those, Jack. You've done your research, which is excellent, but... Um, yeah, look, Joe Root. If he wasn't uh, scoring more runs than me, they'd, they'd have a serious issue, wouldn't they? Um, as you said, they rely on him to win games of cricket with the bat. I'm a uh, I'm a small piece in our jigsaw, so uh, I'll try and play my role. But um army enjoy poking a bit of fun at me, but that's fine. I, I enjoy it. I gave him a little wave back, said good morning, and. Um, I'm looking forward to the Ashes. They are, they're going to be relentless on me, but um, yeah, I'd like them just to try and get their comparisons. As like I said, they've watched a lot of cricket. They should know a little bit better and be able to compare uh,
1: players' stats. But it's what you get from the Barmy Army. Unfortunately, that's the only way they'll be getting to us this year via uh, via social media because we won't see many of them out here. They usually yeah. come out in their droves, but unfortunately, they won't. It's be. actually a bit sad, Jack, to be honest, because it, it it does really add to the atmosphere, and they are
2: they are excellent at what they do. Granted. That they do reuse a lot of chance from the English Premier League. I don't think they've come up with too much original in <laughs> the last much, 20 years. Not much but of it. Um, no, no, but they are much. excellent. They are brilliant to have at a cricket ground. Um, their support of the English team is phenomenal everywhere they go. So uh, they bring a different dynamic to a Test series. So it's going to be sad,
1: in a way, not to have them there. Well, we want to keep your texts and calls coming in. Don't forget, 1300 1533 if you want to give us a call, or you can text us on 0437. 552-535. It's time to get some news headlines and after that we are going to have Sam Edmund in here to talk everything AFL trades. This is Jack and Paney, right here on SEN Hobart. Well, we're very lucky here at SEN Hobart. We've got the big the big news, the big news makers and the big news breakers uh, in the room here. Sam Edmund, the chief SEN chief reporter, mate. Welcome to SEN Hobart and... Welcome to the show. What
4: a great pleasure it is to join two of my favourite Tasmanians. You're both on the podium, Jack. Hello, Paney. I've got Richie Port at the top, though. Now, I know Richie's a northerner, but forgive me for that. But uh... No, the
1: great, the great Richie Port is next on the queue, actually. We, we, we're trying to get guests. We've been lucky. We've had Ricky Ponting on. We've had Craig Newitt. Uh, we want to get Booney, we want to get David Foster, but Richie Porte is right Foster, there, yep. right there to get on the Tassie list. royalty. Yeah, him and Cam Worth. Yep. We're looking forward to getting Cam Worth on with oh, yeah. Kona. What a beast! He, he might have
2: just missed out on our uh, Mount Rushmore, didn't he, Richie Port, I think at the start of. The show. Uh I, I had him on there.
1: I had him on as fourth. Did you? Pony didn't even have have him in the top ten. Audio on that, Jack.
4: I'm not sure he did. disgraceful Pony, But nevertheless, good to be with my three favourite Tasmanians and plenty happening. Plenty happening.
1: Before we get you, so Sammy, we actually had Ian Botham booked for this segment, but um, so you've come in and off the reserves list, but Beefy's on the piss, so that's why he hasn't made it. It's six pm over there in. England Shame. and he's on the source and he hasn't He's given us forewarning that he probably wouldn't agree in great condition so we've had just, to um, had to replace him but we're, what a great replacement now. I
4: don't know, does that make me the night watchman? Night I don't watchman know how many watchman. balls I'd make for now.
1: Trade period, a lot going on. What's uh, What have you got for us? Jeff Kennett's just spoken uh, to a letter to the members.
4: Geez, for a quiet trade period we thought we'd have tumbleweeds going through it. Things got pretty hectic yesterday boys. Now, a lot did happen yesterday, but there's so much intrigue about so many players. And a lot of them are at Hawthorne. Now, Jeff Kennett, is lettered to members struck again. We know there's a lot of Hawthorne members down in Tasmania. They would have got an email last night. Which finished with, we may be surprised at some of the trade draft decisions made, but be assured they'll be made after careful consideration of the club's future needs by those we charge to make such decisions. Now, Hawthorne has picks five, 21-24. They've made it very clear they want to get a stronger foothold in the draft under their new coach, Sam Mitchell. John Segler's on the move. He's not going to get a big return at all. So the same names keep coming up around the traps. The stars who have the currency, and they are Tom Mitchell, Jager O'Meara, Chad Wingard, Jack Gunston, and luke bruce who was linked to geelong last year all those players in their late 20s and in luke bruce case 30 so jeff was on sen with gary and tim just a few moments ago and he said this was a statement of fact he was asked the question is this you saying brace yourself we don't know what's going to happen or is this you saying brace yourself we do know what's going to happen so jeff said it's a statement of fact um you know if uh, if any offer sort of came for these guys. They haven't offered them up, but if any offer came, rival clubs know that they are gettable for the right price. Jeff just said, we don't know what's going to happen. It's very a trade cryptic, period. isn't it? He was, he was very cryptic. Mm. So I'd love to be able to shed more light on this one. But um, look, nothing may happen, but it's very possible at the same time.
2: Sammy, is it a – like you said, they're trying to definitely improve their draft hand. How much of it is that, and how much of it is is it Sam Mitchell trying to stamp his his – I suppose, authority or his place on this on this list. You, the names you speak about are obviously big uh, Alistair Clarkson mm. fans, the Mitchells, O'Meara, Gunson, Bruce. Is that something that's coming into it here, that Mitchell's trying to stamp his... I suppose, his mark on this list?
4: Well, I think it's both Tim, to be honest. I mean, he's coming as a new coach. Yep. They want to get better and they want to get better quick. And to do that, they want to have a stronger foothold in the draft, as I say. So they've only got pick five inside the first round. They'd love another pick right at the pointy end. But to get a bit, you got to give a bit. So the, those players yep. with currency, they're all there. But, geez, we know, historically speaking, Hawthorne haven't been scared to trade these sort of players out in the past. Will they be so bold to do it again, even though it's not really a buyer's market at the moment? There's The money's tight. The offers might not come that Hawthorne likes. So it's entirely possible they go as the status quo for next year, but that's what makes the trade period so entertaining and there's plenty of, plenty of time to go.
1: Salary cap a little bit tight around the mm. AFL at the moment, I think, to be seeing too many of those big names move. Rory Lobb, it's an interesting story. It's a bit of to and fro at the moment. Do we Is, is he heading back to GWS or have we got a bit of an impasse?
4: We've got a twist, that's a for twist. sure. A we've twist. got a twist and it arrived late uh, yesterday or last night, our time on the East Coast here because Peter Bell, the head of football at Fremantle, was on Sports Day WA and he said, I've just got off the phone with Rory Lobb's manager and he's come back and told me the offer from GWS doesn't look like it's going to get it done. So we're coming back and we're looking forward to playing next year. Now that's one side of the story and Peter Bell is as good a poker player as any and he basically put it to bed and said it was done. Rory Lobb being open to a move has been the case all year. Clubs know that. They've been told he's even happy to play for less than the $700,000 he's due over the next two years. So a good contract at Fremantle. You'd be foolish to say it's dead and buried here. He's done a medical at the Giants. He's speaking to Giants players about how excited he is to come. So watch this space on that one as well.
1: They're the two big headlines. Have you got anything else for us? Anything just, just bubbling away that we think might crop up over the next couple of days?
4: Well, this one's been on the agenda, but I'm fascinated by the Jordan Clark situation between Fremantle and Geelong. They've almost done too much homework here, Fremantle, to get this deal done. The Cats told them they needed to pick between 8 and 27 initially. Geelong then rejected 27. That's a, that's
1: a big gap, 8 and 27. a big gap. That but, is a very big gap.
4: And so obviously the Cats said uh, no to 27 and Fremantle said 8, you're kidding. So then Fre- Geelong rejected 27. They've rejected 22 Now they have their eyes on Fremantle's pick 19. They did some good business yesterday. They got 22 and 19 in the door. Now, 22 was going to be enough until Fremantle went and got 19. Now the Cats want that as well, That Fremantle don't want to cough it up because the valuable pick, it'll be the first pick on day two of the draft. So clubs normally come for that pick and throw up all sorts of deals. This one could go into the second week, much like the Jordan Dawson one, who was always going to be tricky.
2: Yes, I mean, you touched on uh, Jonathan Segler a little bit before the Ruck merry-go-round. Is there a bit happening there with uh, the Ruck stocks around the league?
4: Yeah, absolutely. We mentioned Rory Lobb, so that one's um, well and truly in train as well if we throw him in. Segler as well, who could get to Geelong if the Cats do a trade and send Darcy Fort uh, to Brisbane, Tim. There's North Tristan Cherry, who's put in a trade request to St Kilda. Collingwood's Max Lynch is wanted by the Hawks. And Callum Coleman-Jones, Jack's old mate, has nominated North Ooh. Melbourne as his club of choice, but Jack... The Kangas are playing for keeps here. Their initial offer only being a future third-round pick. And they also wanted your club's future fourth in return. So they're playing (laughs) hardball at the moment. Um, Laddams, just for him, guys, all roads lead to Sydney. The Hawks wouldn't meet the asking price for him, a first-round pick. I don't believe they were Laddams' preference anyway. That is Sydney. Hickey will still be the number one ruck there, is my understanding. But it's the competition for spots, isn't it? And he fits in between Lance Franklin and Logan McDonald as Peter Laddams. Bridges that age gap there inside 50 between those two.
1: Well, it's certainly an interesting time and things crop up, so hopefully we get a few more little trades today. It's always interesting, even as a player, to watch the trade situation unfolding. <laughs> Sammy, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. And welcome to SEN Hobart.
4: I am honoured. Great to be I hope my mother-in-law's listening. So, uh, g'day, Pam, and uh, great to be on with you, boys. Uh, this
1: thanks, is Jack and Paney right here on SEN Hobart.
0: Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Payne, with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne.
1: Welcome back to Jack and Payne, and as always, we are here thanks to Harrison Agents. And of course, if you want to give us a call on 1300 42 1533 or send us a text on 0437 552 535, you are more than welcome to, to discuss anything AFL. We've just had Sam Edmund on talking about trades. I've obviously got the cricket coming on as well. So anything you want to give us a call, send us a text about, jump on those two numbers and get in contact with you. One off the text line, though, Payne, uh comes from from David. Uh, he says to, to ask you if you were going to open the new MyState Bank Arena with a halfway shot like you did in the last <laughs> time you had a, a shot there yeah. at, uh, at the old deck, mate.
2: No, I'll be staying out of that. I've said once you hit one of those half-court shots, Jack, you walk away. You leave it. You leave a party at its highest. I've said it before. Uh, that won't be happening again. Jeez, um, it was a good night out there, though. I'm looking forward to getting out there with the Jack Jumpers. Spent a bit of time with them actually, Jack last night, and um, very impressed with what they're doing um, through their coach Scott Roth and CEO Simon Brookhouse. So I'm looking forward to that getting
1: underway. Well, I did notice you had the Jack Jumpers hat on over Zoom. Are you, what's the? Like what do what you? What, uh, what did you do last night?
5: Oh, I've,
1: you know, when you get to our
2: stage of our careers, Jack, I've started to look at what I might do after th- after playing and um, coaching is something that I'm interested in a little bit but in Tasmania we've only got, my, my whole background is obviously cricket so um, to be in another professional sport and go and have a look at how that works, um, I've been really lucky to be invited along a few times to the Inner Sanctum and uh, and just trying to learn from other sports I guess and see what I can translate into cricket if I did go down that track. Um, but Jack we're just going to head on to footy for a little bit here yep. and I'm going to ask you a few questions All now right. if I can. Obviously, a big, a hot topic towards the end of the season was was um, umpire contact. Uh, the AFL has come out yesterday and handed Toby Green. Now he's put to the six weeks. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's about fair.
1: Yeah, no, I like. The, I think six weeks is certainly um, easier easier to stomach from a uh, from a, uh, I mean, even just the look at the game point of view. Uh, three weeks yep. was the initial suspension, and that, I think that was just to get through the final series, and then they could have some clear air and really delve into it but uh no six weeks sort of sits fairly comfortably f- with me um yep. and uh and unfortunately uh, for toby he'll be missing a considerable amount of footy at the start of next season and the giants as well they'll be missing him for for the first five games so um not a great look but i um, glad that it's been sorted out now it took a long time to sort out painy but it's finally been it has It has now. I think they've come to the right
2: decision. Now, Brad Scott has been put in charge of the AFL football department. Jack, now I'm going to ask you, if you were in his shoes, how would you overhaul the MRO and is it working? We know what you think is probably not working.
1: How can it be overhauled? Uh, I think it's a slab of beer and about four or five punters from the the public just sitting around... Talking all things footy and then just pop it up on the uh, on the big screen. One look. Don't, you don't get a second look at it and you don't get a different yep. angle. You just get one look at it and then you just go, oh, geez, that's probably worth two. Bang, two weeks. Yep. There you go. Yep. Pretty easy. And I think that's probably a bit more cost effective, to be honest, than the way they run Absolutely. the MRO at the moment. Certainly uh, has a little bit uh, of tinkering to be done there, Paney. So, um, no, I think uh, I think that would be the way I would go about it. What about you, mate? You you're, you love your trade landscapes, this I'll put this one to you and it's probably the Callum Coleman Jones situation more than anything else. North Melbourne not offering up a lot at the moment for Callum Coleman Jones who was a early second round pick. And and I say early, I think he might have been the first or two first or second pick of the second round about four years ago. He's a big, tall, key forward, Ruckman type that's really started to grow into himself. They're offering him good money, but not a lot coming back the other way from North Melbourne in trade wise. Is yeah, is it fair? And is it... Uh, what What are your thoughts on that situation? Oh, it's probably not fair, is it? But it's good business. And
2: at the end of the day, that that's what it's about. I knew about, you'd be it?
1: shrewd. <laughs> it, it is
2: good business. I think that North Melbourne are looking... And we've, we've spoken about it before, I know you have on this show, about um, the squeeze that is on salary caps at AFL clubs. Now, North Melbourne clearly know that. And they're thinking, we could get a bit of a steal here. And we've got a very, very good player, potentially, um, that we can get. And if we can... Getting for a third round pick, and and a fourth coming back our way, I think it's it's very shrewd. I don't think that will get it done. I think there's some work to be done there. But um, no, I don't mind the business side of it. But it is frustrating, I must admit, when you see that clubs want to do this, they want this player, uh, and then they lowball um,
1: on the other side of it. So it's it's all a business, though, Jack, isn't it? As you know, it is all a business. One thing that cropped up on social media yesterday that I caught was. Never thought I'd see Eddie Betts in a Geelong polo. Did you happen oh. to come across Eddie Betts? He's now on the coaching panel down at the Cats. I did see that. Um, quickly, I wanted to ask you, actually. In,
2: in his role as a development coach, what, what does he do? Does he just look after the younger players? Or is the development coach, it, it's him developing players and,
1: and he's also trying to, I suppose, learn off coaches and develop his own coaching? What's his role? Ah, uh, no, he would be in charge of the, I suppose the first to three-year players in terms of it, all sort of development, really, so on-field and yep. off-field. I think that role's been, um, at role's come up because Sean Grigg has moved up into a, an assistant coach role there. A lot of coaches are leaving Geelong, or assistants leaving Geelong, so he's field a void there, uh, Sean Grigg. So it'd be, it'd be everything. I think it'd be. Um, just getting your, uh, preparing your body, um, preparing yep. mentally to play AFL football. And no doubt he'd be taking them into the pockets. Very skinny pocket stand in July. So Stevie J made his name down there, and there's maybe a Stevie J pocket. I would not be surprised that after six months of being down there, Eddie Betts gets a pocket named after him because he will teach them <laughs> all the tricks of the trade. Uh, one name that's interesting that's coming up, um, and he's been on two AFL lists, is Tyson Stengel at the moment as yep. well. He's a. Uh, He's a uh, young man who's had a, a, little, a variety of issues off field, um, but he certainly can play. He had a fantastic grand final over there in the SA NFL and won a premiership, uh, I think, with Woodville West Torrens. And he, um, he's, uh, he's come up on the radar. And, and I'll put it to you, Payne. He actually lived with Eddie Betts when he was playing for Adelaide. Yeah. Could he be the perfect addition to the Geelong forward line? Well, I think with Eddie's tutelage,
2: potentially, yes. Um, there's obviously a relationship there. Um, as you said, I think with Eddie's role in that development space and helping guys settle off-field, Tyson's obviously had a few issues, as you touched on. So I think to have that um, that really strong mentor um, is going to be really important if he's going to restart his AFL career and, and have a long and successful one. So uh, I've seen the other team, though, that he's been linked to is... The Dons. and Essendon Free Club. So, Do you want him? Um no, I wouldn't mind him running around down there with, with, uh, with the tipper. with would be a bit of pace. Yep. Um, and the tipper obviously had his some issues at the end of last year. I'm not sure what they were. So if, depending on where he is, he'd be a good fit for Essendon as well, I
1: think. Damaging, damaging young, small forward. And got a lot of craft as well. Uh, the Socceroos, uh, for those who are all into the round ball game, have defeated Oman 3-1 in their World Cup qualifier this morning as they continue their path to Qatar 20 20- 22 it doesn't seem too far away, but that will be late next year, the World Cup. Well, Payne, we're going to take a break here. Uh... On Jack and Paney, and we're always brought to you thanks to Harrison Agents. This is Jack and Paney. Let's get our, first caller. Get our first, Let's get our call. first caller. get our first caller right here on Jack and Paney on SEN Hobart.
0: Harrison Agents. To buy, sell, or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Paney with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne.
1: Welcome back to another big hour of Jack and Paney Thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmania's real estate experts. And you can give us a call on 1300 42 1533 or send us a text on 0437 552 535. Flash Lithgow and the GOAT, Christian Petrarca, Norm Smith Medalist, to join us later this hour. But Paney, you have delved into your little phone book again and you have got us an absolute ripper. Gary the GOAT. Gaz, you there? Have you got us? How are we, lads? Ah, very good. Hey, Thanks, you, mate. Thanks for joining us on SEN Hobart here with Jack and Payney. Firstly, did you ever think that Paney would have his own radio show?
5: Um, I wouldn't put it past him. He loves talking, so um, I'm pretty sure he'll <laughs> suit it, suit it down down on the ground. So it should be interesting. I'm looking forward to hearing it.
2: Thanks, Gary. Uh, mate, I'm not sure if you are aware, but your nickname obviously came from the AFL... Uh, Nate, uh, Gary Lyon, who you, I'm not sure at the time you were too aware of, but right now I think we're creating history, Jack. We've got both of the Gary Lyons going head to
1: head on SEN Breakfast Radio. I, now, can I, see I don't know if studio. we can get a breakdown
2: of the ratings.
1: Uh, but we, we, know, we need to hey, see. Come on, we know that our Gary Lyon is going to rate way better than their Gary Lyon, okay? So we, we're There's certainly. One goat, isn't we, we've certainly got the got the goat. Well, Nathan, you, uh, preparation for the Ashes, where, where do we find you at the moment? and how are things going leading up to the uh, the pinnacle of cricket?
5: Uh, yeah, it's a bit different to be honest with you. We're obviously stuck in Sydney. We can't get out to go play state cricket anywhere, so we're just waiting to uh, get the clearance to go play Victoria. Hopefully, um, before before the Ashes. So I think we get about two or three Shield games before before we meet up in in Brisbane. So it's a little bit different. But um, saying that, I'm just about to go to training now, so can't can't complain too much.
2: Early start for you that Gaz. Now mate, the situation in New South Wales and Victoria with their shield sides, I'm hearing that you're probably going to be playing two or three games against each other. Is that, can you give our listeners a bit of an insight there? So you're not allowed obviously out of New South Wales at the moment, but how's that going to look and how many games do you think you'll get before the Ashes?
5: Uh, yeah, so we got knocked back, uh, entry into Northern Territory at first, then, then South Australia just due to the, the COVID situation here in Sydney. But, uh, so I think we're going to have like uh, two Shield games. I think I'll get two Shield games um, and two one-day games against Victoria. Um, so it works out um, to be still a good amount of cricket for me um, leading in. Obviously, ideally, it would be more, but um, we'll have to do what we what we do best and just get out there and get cracking, I guess.
1: How effective how have you been training-wise in terms of preparation for for the summer of cricket? just due to the fact that you're in New South Wales, there's been lockdowns, there's been different rules bubbling around. Has it affected your preparation for, for this upcoming season?
5: Uh, no, we've been pretty lucky, to be honest with you. Well, massive thanks has to go to the New South Wales Government. We are we very lucky to get um, some early exemptions so we can uh, train in small groups. So we've been training um, pretty well from the back end of May or, or through in small groups. Um, so... We're, we're, we're flying to be honest, we're, we're, to be honest with you, I'm just sick of training, I just want to go out and and, and have some competition and, and start playing some games. So. Who's, it, who's in your small group
1: Gaz, like do you pick your bunnies out so that then you get the confidence coming up into the summer that you go, "No, I've got that blokes measure so I'll pick him in my group like an old sort of schoolyard pick?
5: Oh well it's nothing like picking Painey in the nets, that's not going <laughs> like for my team to be honest with you. <laughs> How often do you get <laughs> yeah. me out of the
2: nets honestly? Oh, not well, to be over when for fun. When you
5: bat, you're not allowed to have any fielders, are you? So never no. have to be bowled, LBW, or court and bold So still <laughs> happens,
2: <fair>. though. <laughs> um, yeah, Gaz. Obviously, uh, as our songmaster, you you love playing cricket for your country. What um, a job, songmaster. Yeah, he, he's good at it too, Gazza. He was a bit better early in his days when he was a little bit looser, Jack. But he's um, he still holds his own, don't <laughs> worry. Dumb. But as I said, Easy. he loves playing for his country. Uh, what does the Ashes mean to you, mate, and um, you know, how important is it to you now that you know that the English boys are on their way?
5: Oh, mate, it's a pinnacle. Um, I know it's pretty cliche if you ask every Australian cricketer, but uh, in my house household, when I was growing up with my older brother, um, we played backyard cricket. You tossed the bat up, hills and flats, and uh, whoever lost was always England. So <laughs> there <love> never, <laughs> never any other um, nation that you wanted to play against as a kid. So. Um, to be having an, another home ashes, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty special. So fingers crossed, we can just play a, a positive brand of cricket and put a lot of smile and a lot
1: of, a lot of faces around the country. What have you made of the whole situation? And Payne has been pretty vocal on it here. And we've tried to bait Kevin Peterson into getting into a Twitter war with us, but Kevin took the higher road, which we couldn't believe. What have you made of it all, Gaz? <laughs> of just just the the toing and froing at the moment, and, and probably the, um, the the lack of want. Or, strong want for the English players to, to commit and come out here? Yeah, it's been a bit different, to be honest with you. Like,
5: um, the way I look at it, that you, you want to be part of the biggest series going around, and the Ashes is a is pinnacle in my eyes. And they're the type of series that uh, really make people's careers. Um, so, I don't understand why people wouldn't be jumping at the opportunity to to come out, firstly, come out to Australia, but um, secondly, to be be part of an Ashes series. It's going to be pretty amazing, to be honest.
2: It definitely is. Gaz, now, mate, um, we often joke with you that you're uh, allergic to a white ball. Um, Were you disappointed not to be heading to the T20 World Cup, which starts next week, firstly? And and secondly, do you still see yourself playing a role um, in white ball cricket for Australia in the future, or are you just going to concentrate on the test match format?
5: Which I'd be more than happy for you to do, by the way, mate. (laughs) I've got to start taking those pills again just so I can... uh... Get rid of this white ball rash, but uh, yeah, I was pretty disappointed not to uh, not be not be a part of the uh, World Cup squad. That's for sure. But um, it is what it is. So hopefully the boys go out there and play well. I think they they landed there just this morning. I think so. Um, I've missed that plane trip. Or so, but yeah, I'll just have to cope, uh, focus on the Ashes with you um, and make sure that we win that five nil.
1: Absolutely, um, Gaz. It's uh, it certainly is a, an interesting time in in Australian sport, and we see you, you've obviously been affected by the closing of borders. There's been a real strong push on this, uh, and I don't know whether you listen to us every week, and I'd be disappointed if you weren't. He but does. we we single handedly got two AFL finals played in Tasmania just through the fact that we pushed it with the Premier. Um, there's been a real push for. Well, I know you're a, uh, you're a New South Welshman, and you'd love to be playing that test in Sydney, but we're, we're trying to steal that at the moment. Can, can we get your backing live on air to say that you'd be happy for us to steal the, the test from New South Wales and Sydney, the Sydney Cricket Ground and have it at Bell River Oval? Is, there, is that an option for you? Do you like bowling down there at Blunston Arena? Uh, to be honest, I, I like bowling down there. I like playing cricket wherever, to be
5: honest with you. But uh, I don't think you're going to get the Sydney test.
1: Can we have the Perth one?
5: Uh, you better ask the skipper, he's in those big conversations. I'm, I'm just the off-break guy, <laughs> no, mate. I, I don't get involved in any of these conversations whatsoever.
2: Neither do I, mate. Ask Rob Key. Um Gaz, just back on the ashes. Irrelevant, I, Tim. I, I, yeah, I'm irrelevant. Um, I've got a couple of questions for you, guys. One that I've heard on the grapevine is that you've taken up Pilates. Is that is that correct?
5: Yeah, yeah, jumped on the Pilates machine. Well, right. I've spent what the last four years in the change room, just staring at your rig and being absolutely amazed by it. So I was like, <laughs> I need to follow follow in his footsteps here. So, and tell you tell you the truth, I'm nowhere close to you either.
1: No up, no no Im- improvement there in the rig rig status, Gaz.
5: Uh, slowly. You know, I feel like I'm getting better with age, to be honest. So um, I'll just be like Pony, find mine. <laughs> absolutely. Now, mate, the
2: other one I've got for you at the moment is, I know you love your batting and you're very strong hooker and puller of the ball. You must be absolutely disappointed that Joffre is not going to be making the trip. Yeah,
5: absolutely shattered, to be honest with you. I was really looking forward to facing him, especially on the fast-bouncing wickets. They tend to go a lot further when you top-edge them. So, but, but, yeah, on a serious note, it's disappointing that the best players aren't. Um, being able to come out like, like Joffre and fingers crossed Stokes he gets out here and so we can um, have a really good competition against him
2: yep. have you uh, obviously you've touched on as well in New South Wales you've, you're there training at the moment how's our uh, how's Big Winksy looking Big Patrick Cummings got any inside word on his fitness and how the ball's coming out of his hand Big Patty Cummings it's,
5: it's, a, it's a ma- absolutely amazing to be honest with you I've never seen someone who can come in and just bowl in first and second gear and challenge so many first-class batters around in our state here. And then if he gets hits before, he puts a foot on the clutch and moves it up to second gear and he just knocks it off pole. It's unbelievable. Um, He's cruising along. He's going pretty well. Um, I think it's a big couple of days with him with the potential birth of his little one just around the corner, I think. So big couple of days for him.
2: It is Jack, and it's actually exciting, Jack, for, for Australian cricket fans because someone what what people don't realise a lot is that someone like Pat Cummins never gets to do a a pre season. Um, he's always going from tournament to tournament, one day to T twenty to Test. So, to have him fit and fresh for an Ashes series, I think is going to be something that all Australian cricket fans are going to be
1: very very excited to see Paddy Cummins at his absolute physical peak. Gaz. One, one, um, and we're chatting here to, to Gary Lyon. Who's, uh, sorry, Gary Lyon. Nathan Lyon here. It's okay, Gary Lyon. I was looking at him in the studio across from you here. But Nathan Lyon here is going to be a pivotal part to to Australia's uh, well, winning the Ashes coming up here in the back end of two thousand and twenty-one. Gaz, it's um, one thing I love is the Songmaster master duties, and this is I'm envious of this role that you've been bestowed upon you. Now, who who bestowed the role upon you uh, when they retired? Yeah, it was Mike Mike
5: Hussey back in 2012-13 series against uh, Sri Lanka. He retired at MCG and and he called me into his room and and handed me the the letter and asked me if I'd do it or didn't ask me, told me I was doing it. And uh, then I had the life of the next week before uh, uh, he announced it to the uh, the Australian public and and the team that uh, I was taking over, so... Pretty big moment,
1: to be how, how do you decide? Like, so you, you've had a few beers after winning a series. It, what, is it just a gut feel that you think, radio now's the time? Or have you got a little window in your mind pre, pre-beers and pre and uh, post-celebrations that you think, this is the window I'm going to pick to go? Or do you see a few blokes struggling and you really draw it out nicely for them? Oh, I've, I've,
5: I've done both, to be honest with you. I've dragged it out for a... Uh, a long, long time to it. and talking a couple of hours, and a few, a few guys have actually got the shits with it. But uh, um, no, it, it just goes off off gut. I usually get pretty nervous about it because I want to make it so special and uh, try and have a little bit of, little bit of laughter there. The, the coach seems to cop a little bit, a bit of banter <laughs> during during the song, which is always makes it good fun. But uh, yeah, i try you can't go best, too late but, uh, when Travis
2: heads in the team, though. Jack. Why's that? You gotta get it done early if Travis Head's in the <laughs> eleven. <laughs>
5: he's gotta get home to Jess usually, so um
1: uh, he's done a short I'm on Travis strap. Head. Under the thumb. <laughs> well, Nate, we really appreciate you joining us, mate, here on SN on Hobart. You've got a massive role to play for the Australian uh, with the Australian nation coming up in uh, what you said, mate, is the most important thing in a young cricketer's uh, journey and that is the Ashes series which is coming up. And we're glad to have it uh, going and we're glad that you're going to be playing a big part in mate. So thanks for joining us on SCN Hobart.
5: No, too easy, guys. Thank you. See you, Skip. See you, pal.
1: Well, you can join us and chat all things cricket and chat all things football on uh, SCN Hobart's lines thirteen hundred forty two fifteen thirty three, or send us a text on 0437 But Paney, our man on the ground, is up with us oh. next. That is, of course, David Flash Lithgow, right here on SEN Hobart.
0: Harrison Agents. To buy, sell, or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on 1629 SEN Hobart. Jack and Paney with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne. Hello, baby!
5: Yeah, this is the Big Bopper speaking. <laughs> oh, you sweet man.
1: Well, <laughs> welcome back to Jack and Paney on SENO Barton. You can give us a call on 1300 1533 or send us a text oh, on 0437 552 535. That, of course, there is the Big Bopper. And uh, for all the people out there that want a little bit of. Knowledge or pre knowledge behind that is that David Flash has been tuning into our well, pre meetings paney, hasn't he? And he has been calling himself the big bopper. But I thought we had a, a uh, trespasser into
3: our Zoom meeting, no, the other day.
1: No, yeah, we did. I'm sure you did. Good morning, anyway. <laughs> Flash. Welcome <laughs> to the show, you? mate. How
3: are you? Terrific, thanks. I've, gee, I've just quickly on the top, I've enjoyed the soccer again. This so, one, you know, it's 11 wins in a row they've had in the qualifiers. And isn't it funny because I feel like we've Lost a few of the names. Unless you're watching really closely, they're probably names you're not so familiar with. But goals again to ball. Uh, Marble and Duke this morning. Tommy Rogic Rogic is still there playing. And they got the job done again. Fast start. Mm, Fast start from the great man here. Yes, he's on fire. He's on a trade. You'd like to float flash. I know you've uh, got some trades up your sleeve. I know. I heard you and our producer Mitch Scott whinging off air about what North (laughs) Melbourne are doing in terms of um, what they want to give up for Coleman Jones. I've got one for you. Now, I'm not sure... If you'll probably know his name, Jack, because you're not generally familiar with opposition players from <laughs> my experience. But one that's forgotten about, had a few injuries this year and found his way to the team. What would Trent Jamont do like for the Tigers as another inside mid? Um, I'm just trying to look at Mitch's face as I've just mentioned that because he'll be the indicator there as the biggest Richmond cheerleader that I, think I, it's I know. A no. Is he someone that you can facilitate in? I like Jamont. He's only 25, 26, had a few injuries. Thoughts? Uh, interesting, yeah, interesting. I think we'd rather the
1: pick though at the moment. I think for well, what, where... and what pick's that going to be? Uh, That's the question. Isn't it? Oh, I think it'll end up being somewhere in between the two that have been floated. I reckon. Uh, hopefully towards the more pointy end to be nice because we need some a few points, and hopefully we can trade up and get some nice picks. So, uh, no interesting one there, David. BBL signings. I'm fascinated
3: by Hawthorne. and, and have sort of talked about this all year about what they're going to do with these veteran players. in you know Mira. Uh, what they could do with Mitchell I mean can you throw Wingard into that maybe they missed mm. the boat with Gunston perhaps they should have moved him on a couple of years ago but there's some opportunities there for some clubs I mean who could use Tom Mitchell for her start I mean many many clubs could of course your could, mob well, David your absolutely. mob absolutely I'd love him at the Swans he's a perfect fit to go back there could the Tigers use him of course they could the Well, cat, the Cats are older than Thursdays as it is but I think
2: everyone could use a bloke who gets 30
3: odd touches oh, a game course. couldn't you is he underrated Tom
2: Mitchell want I don't know, league. you'd have to ask Jack that he question. I don't don't know. He seems like that sort of player he's, he, he's got, externally. He's got a good Is he rated role. highly at other clubs,
1: Jack? Uh I think just the fact that he handballs it a lot and probably handballs it backwards yeah. a lot, maybe not as damaging. Not not, not as damaging, but you've got to have those guys that to get the him, ball. Man. That get the ball, that get it to the guys that may be a little bit more damaging. So no doubt he'd be a great addition to uh to any team I reckon that would like to go there. Boys, I've got something hot off the press here. We've been putting out the number for people to call in and sound the alarm because we have got our first caller here. What have we got? We have got Noe from Snake Valley on the line and he wants to talk about the pace attack. Noe, have you got us there, mate?
6: Yeah, g'day, fellas. Uh, First time, long time. Great to be with
1: you. Yeah, first time for us too, mate, as well. (laughs) We want to talk about the pace attack, Noe. What have you got for us? Yeah just a couple of things fellas obviously
6: with the impending Ashes coming up keen to get TD's insights uh, on the pace attack and what he sees coming in this summer but just on on top of that as well if David uh, Flash could give an insight as well the Craig Nuance ride this week it was it was emotional listening to him connect with Frog last week um given his you know clear you know passion for for Frog's career but yeah those, those two <laughs> things just keen to, to hear from you fire fellas. Al-
1: yeah, Far away painting good questions there Noe. Sorry, Noe, you lost the me there. The Where's the Snake Valley, attack. anyway,
2: Noe? just <laughs> uh,
6: southwest of Ballarat, just in Victoria. Um oh, Victoria. Excellent. i must disclose on David Lisko's, uh commentary career, and um, yeah, and a, a bit of a distant mate there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, that
1: on the table. Pace attack, painting, What are your thoughts?
2: Starting pace attack. Well, yep. we're, we're we're lucky, aren't we? We just we're talking off air actually about Pat Cummins getting a, pre, a pre-season in for the first time. Um, mitchell stark will be obviously around he's got a terrific record in australia josh Hazelwood, um of course gary the goat but we've got a guy sitting on the sidelines who's if he's fit i think will have an impact at some stage during the series and that's big james pattinson with his aggression Mm. uh he'll be in the face of the poms so uh, hopefully we get all four of those guys fit and firing um we'll get some more overs out of big cam green who at this stage Uh, we haven't seen the best of at international level but critical um again he's a Big, strong boy who's had another pre-season under his belt. So we'll have those those four, five bowlers. You got Michael the Jackson Bird down in Tasmania. So our pace stocks for an Ashes series are are full, and that's where you want them. It's important that you have um, the ability to take twenty wickets in all conditions. And I think with those five or six bowlers and Nathan Lyme will have um, no issues getting the twenty wickets per test match.
3: No, he wasn't a terrific froggy last week. One of the better interviews we've had in all seriousness since we've opened up, but. He's got the Tasmanian star Newhart tomorrow in race two. He has actually got a ride in the Caulfield Guineas, Jack. Um, surreal at $150. Now, I actually don't think it's the worst. But, um, <laughs> Come on, Flash. <laughs> well, I'm, okay. Well, I've just gone and had a look at the tapes last night, and I'm just saying <laughs> at $151.27 the place, it's not terrible, but Newhart, oh. I think, for Barry Campbell, is the one day no, for tomorrow. Thank you,
1: Noe. Appreciate it. First time caller for us as well. Uh, we're long time listeners as well. Uh, BBL signing slash, uh, what have you got for us down there in the BBL
3: world? Well, th- this young man, Harry Brook, he's a top order player. Um, he's not that young. He's about 24, 25. Yep. He's been dominating the English circuit for a, num- time, a number of time. Apparently, his father and his uncles are very, very good players. So one of your old, old Clarence cricketers in this case, in Duncan Hurd told me during the week. Um, what can you tell us about him? Um
2: I like him. I really yeah. like the signing as well. I think last year the Hurricanes were probably criticized a little bit for having too many top, you know, opening batters, top orders. What well, I don't know, Harry Brooke from what I saw playing with the Northern Superchargers in the hundred, is he'll bat at four or five, so he's a nice fit there in terms of the Hurricanes. He's a good player of spin. Uh, hits the ball hard hits it long as you said he's a young kid so he's a he's a developing player he'll be hungry to, to impress so he can play for England yep. um, and I think that's where we've got stuck at times we, we like to get the imports with the names uh, that have potentially finished international cricket so I like the fact that we've got a young kid who's hungry
1: Um, also a former England under-19 captain, I believe. Give us a quick on painting just off the text. Is They want to know a little bit about uh, the Centurion from yesterday in the Shield game for us. Have you got a little word on on that fella?
2: Yeah, Tim Ward, uh, recruited a couple of years ago from the Parramatta Cricket Club, um, left-hand opening batter. Uh, A little bit of Mike Hussey about him technically to look at, uh, but I've said to Flash a few times before when we've spoken about cricket um, having a coffee or a beer. The thing that impressed me with Tim Ward straight off the bat was the character and, and the temperament. He's an impressive young man. Uh, and I think he's going to play a hell of a lot of cricket for Tasmania and potentially even higher. So he's he's been a super recruit and to score 100 in his second uh, Shield game. And I know speaking
1: to him very early this morning, he's looking to go very large today. So looking forward to him kicking on. Yeah, looking Tasmania, looking strong in that Shield game as well. It's time to get some new headlines. But after the break, we'll have Christian Petrarca And, of course, David Flash will stay with us. This is Jack and Paney on SEN Hobart. Welcome back to Jack and Paney. Flash of course, is with us. And, boys, I have actually delved into my little phone book here and got us a guest for this week. And this guest is, well, he's a big, big name in the AFL world. You would not find a bigger name at the moment in the AFL world. And that is, of course, the 2021 Norm Smith medalist. Melbourne superstar and premiership star, Christian Petrarca. Christian, welcome to the show.
6: Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me.
1: First things first, mate, how have the last couple of weeks been? It's uh, obviously been an amazing journey for the Melbourne Football Club and yourself, 2021, and finished off with the premiership. But how have you been enjoying the fact that you now have that premiership medallion around your neck?
6: Uh, well mate, the, last, the first week after that was pretty full on. <laughs> I didn't get much sleep and... Uh... A fair few beers are going through, but uh, no, you wouldn't want it any other way. It's, uh, it's an exciting uh, time, I think. It's a bit more of a release when you first sort of siren goes, just the pure joy and excitement, um, and then a release sort of sets in, and it's not until I got back home last week, Thursday, when it um, yeah, officially sunk in that uh, we're premiers, but to come back to Melbourne in lockdown it's not great.
2: <laughs> no, it's not, mate, and you've obviously celebrated hard the last few weeks, but we've heard that You've already been back in the, the club the last Surely few days, is not. That true?
1: Surely not, Christian.
6: Uh, uh, it's am a bit of mayor. I'm just doing like mobility and some little bit of gym, <laughs> right. not much. Not hey, much at can all. Can you do that at home? <laughs> well, the camera's aren't out at home of the
5: painting. House, the camera's I to home. Oh, okay. <laughs> I Maybe been, he just I wants to walking, get out of the house with the lockdown.
6: The, I've been walking the ten every, 9 a. M., every morning 9am, so... Uh, no, I'm so really joking.
1: <laughs> I'm only joking. uh christian when when you see yeah, yeah look at your bio and your stats and, and it's been an amazing career so far but now the fact you see premiership player uh you will, that will be forever next to your name and norm smith medalist how do you feel is it is does it just the one thing that you've been playing for
6: oh ever since i've got to the club Melbourne's been starved of success for a long, long time and um, our fans have been impatient and frustrated and Jackie would have gone through a similar thing with Richmond as well. It's, uh, you know, you just want to do it. You just want to win it, especially for the for the boys. Like, you know, we've gone through so much the last seven years and, you know, the last 20 years. So, um, you know, putting the medal around my, my neck um, was just a bit of disbelief, to be honest. I think that we've actually done it um, for our fans and for ourselves. I mean, we've worked so hard and... Um, you know, the culture we've sort of we've sort of built over the last two years has um led to this this moment and um and then the Norm Smith situation I just it actually hasn't sunk in to be honest. It's such a prestigious award and um yeah when my name got called out it's um I've said it a few times like I grew up Collingwood Squarder and Pendlebury is my favourite player and he his name being uh when he was a Norm Smith in twenty ten and um to have my name called out in twenty twenty one it's uh yeah it's I don't really know what to put into words, to be honest. I think it'll hit me soon, but it, it actually, that award especially hasn't hit me yet.
3: Christian, can we touch on your last couple of years? Having watched your journey, you had your early knee injury, etc. And then something happened in 2020. And not only, I think, did you take your footy to another level, I think you almost took it to a couple of levels. Was there a moment early last year, and clearly you've, you've backed that up with an even better year this year, where you thought, you know, I've got this or uh, your level of your headspace as you walked on the footy field was, you know, I'm a good player here and I can dominate. Was there a particular time? Um,
6: I've always had confidence in my ability and um, the way I can play and, the, you know, the talent's always been there. It's just probably marrying that up with understanding the professionalism and understanding what's required for me to become a great player. And, um, yeah, I've always had confidence in myself ever since I first started playing footy and... Um, I think it comes a time with a lot of players that, um, the maturity starts to set in and and the penny starts to drop. And, um, I think, uh, you know, I got, I got, I think I was 24 last year. And, um, it's an age where, you know, sort of boys become a little bit of men and you start to realize what you want to play footy for and your purpose and why. And, um, I was just, just, you know, super grateful to off field, um, to become better as a person. And and I think the off field balance, um, has really helped me on the field. Uh, I see footy a bit differently. I, I, I love it a lot more. I probably went through a phase where I was trying to be that cool guy that didn't really like footy, and you know I got bigger things to worry about. But um, I absolutely love it, and I love being a part of the Melbourne Footy Club. And um, you know they've helped me develop as a person more off the field and on the field, and um, that's only helped me as a player
1: um, on the field. Do you, do you think that's a good reflection on the whole group, Christian? Because you've got a very uh, young list there. Um, has has that been the, the growth in your club, that they've actually, rather than just playing for getting a game and playing to for themselves, not themselves, but just actually looking at your own journey, the guys have been able to look outside of themselves and, and combine to that one sort of goal, and it's led you to, to the success that you've had this year?
6: Yeah, definitely. I think... Um... Yeah, not just myself, but there's been so many guys have matured. And um, I think you touched on box on 360 um, a few weeks ago that, you know, players, you start off your career by wanting to play one game and 10 and a hundred and sort of get to that age where you go, okay, this is more than just what I want as individual accolades and what I want to achieve. It's, this is about the team and how, can, what can I do for the team? And we made a strong approach over the off season and the preseason to, you know, what can you sacrifice in your team and your role to help the team um, play better and um, there's been so many cases like that. I mean, Clayton Oliver's one, for example, that um, you know has given so much to the team. And, and how much when you give, when you give, how much you get back. Um, and that's probably been you know uh, something I struggled with at the start of my career. I reckon. Oh, you know I want to have I had so much expectation coming in. I want to do this, this, and this. But I think the you know less is more. The less you sort of try to force situation and try to overtry the actual the more you actually get back um, in a situation. So yeah, I think the maturity over the group has been. Unbelievable the last two to three years. Um, and now myself and Jake Lever and the guys are an age where well, we're 25, 26 next year where we can help the young guys who are you know, 21, 22, like Cosby Pickett and Luke Jackson, help them become leaders earlier and much quicker than what we did.
2: Yeah, Christian, who, who's been pivotal in the footy club in that change in mindset, both for you individually and and your group? Has it been um simon goodwin has it been there's been a lot of talk about the impact that mark williams has had on the club or has it come from within the playing group
6: a bit of both um goody you know from a personal point of view has been unbelievable for me he's um i was pretty pissed off last year when he copped all the criticism he did um uh, all the criticism he got you know saying he should be dropped and uh, should be sacked and that which i thought was a bit bit ridiculous, to be honest. Um, he, We all absolutely love him internally, um, and it proves now what, what a coach he is and a man he is off the field. Um, so he's always backed me in. Um, but as well, I think internally as well, like, you know, the players as well. Gorney has been unbelievable for us. Um, Jack Viney as well is someone that sets really, really high standards. And then also Choco Williams has been. He's a different cat, but he's... Uh, he's <laughs> I can attest philosophy, to that. <laughs> he, <laughs> his philosophies and what he brings is... Uh, I think for a young group, he's kind of good. I mean, he means so well and he wants just yeah. the boys to be good. And, um, you know, I think, you know, two or three years ago, if someone like that came into our club and he'd be abusing us, we wouldn't understand... That he's just doing us, you know, he's he's just caring us. But now we see it from a point of view that he loves us. and He
1: actually caring he abuses better. you. It's caring. <laughs> I hope that's not red well. yeah, wrong, wrong. Uh, no, no, he's, he's a very, very good man, Choco, and uh, wears his heart yeah. on his sleeve. Well, well, Christian, we've got you on a Tasmanian network because you have got a great connection to a young Tasmanian boy named Lucas Peters. You've uh, an amazing relationship with him. Can you tell us how this relationship started and how the bond has developed over the years?
6: yeah so my my first year um i did my a c l and I was in rehab for twelve months and probably three months in where i was sort of in that period where I was sort of getting back into running but i wasn't and you know long term rehab is it's an absolute prick of a thing it's it's very frustrating um very isolated and here comes his kid in a wheelchair and um you know his dad's pushing him and um it just it just sort of gave me a bit of perspective to be honest like realizing I'm frustrated in what i'm doing and he's a Eight-year-old, old seven a nine year old kid that that can't walk and can't move, and um, his dad has to do everything for him. And um, so, for me, it gave me a lot of perspective in my life, uh, and actually helped me through rehab a lot. And it was funny—he actually didn't, um, wasn't there for me. He was actually his favorite player was Hogan, Jesse Hogan. Um, but is <laughs> a bit of an introvert. Yeah, Horace is a bit of an introvert, so uh, I don't think he he gave too much time. <laughs> in, and that's um, Horace is such a great fella, but he's just. He's not one to be like that. And um, I just sort of went up to him and just said hello and um, just thought, uh, I mean, gosh, it's padding. It's not the greatest ground, first of all, to be training at and to, to be watching. So I thought I could show him around the change rooms and show him around the boys and um, have lunch with him. And, um, and then, yeah, ever since then, we've sort of created a relationship. His dad, Michael, is an absolute ripper. We text all the time. And, um, you know, and His wife, Kyle, is awesome. And um, I try and do as much as I can for him. My first game the year after, I, I flew him and his um, dad up to Lucas and his dad Michael to my first game, um, and I think for me, it might not mean, you know, it might not mean a big thing to me, but for them, it's you know, it means everything to them, and um, the more I can put a smile on his face, the uh, the happier he will be, and um, you know, I love doing those acts of, of kindness.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Now as well, uh, Christian, there's a fundraiser that Craig Davis is doing. For young Lucas down here, if borders permit that uh, you'll be involved in mate, can you talk us through that?
6: Yeah, hopefully um the borders open, I'll be able to get down. So he's walking uh pushing up Lucas up the uh the point of pinnacle.
5: Good luck.
1: Uh, well, well, it's a long ready... way.
6: <laughs> <laughs> he's already raised. that? Twenty one Ks hours, uphill. Um,
1: Twenty one Ks uphill, yeah. Twenty
6: one Ks with a wheelchair. So um yeah, he's already raised six thousand uh, for muscular dystrophy, and um, you know, with the support, they want to reach around a hundred grand. So, um, the, the key projects goes towards um, hydrotherapy pools uh, for for people living with muscular dystrophy from their home in their own homes, and um, you know, each pool costs around twenty five thousand. So, which is not covered um, by governments and. Uh, so you know we need to raise as much as we can for people suffering with uh, with this terrible disease or cause. Uh, sorry, yeah, terrible disease.
3: Christian, can we ask some serious business now? Now you last one I, Flash, because we're on On time, on time here. Asked very closely <laughs> game seven with the Hawks versus the Sixers last year. We watched Doc Rivers. Throw Ben oh. under the bus. And ah, can we get him to Golden State? Can you imagine Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, Ben in the middle? Yeah. Thoughts?
6: Mate, the amount of people that have asked me where he's going because there's a betting market for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't very, say that, I must have It's very, very funny. I actually have no idea where he's going. Um, I don't like to... He's not going to the sixes, I
3: I can tell you that.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I wouldn't completely rule it out. I wouldn't want to go go back to if I got thrown under the bus a fair bit. Um, Oh, who knows, mate? I actually don't know. I think... I mean, his situation's a tough one because he's been thrown under the bus a little bit. um, But at the same time, he's sort of contracted to Philly, so it's a a different situation. Uh, But wherever he goes, I think he's someone that I know that loves to prove people wrong. So I think next year he's going to have a ripper year, but... Yeah, who knows? Who knows what's
1: going on? Well, Christian, thank you for joining us here on SEN. And, and enjoy this, because I'm going to say, Christian Petrarca, Melbourne Premiership player and 2021 Norm Smith medalist. Most importantly, being involved with Lucas Peters. Uh, I've just got the record for the Point to Pinnacle. It is one hour and three minutes, 57 seconds for 21Ks, Christian. Uh, 1,000 metres of altitude there, so it's going to be... That's uh, why he's back in at the club, I reckon. The, 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 <laughs> pre-se- for pre-season for that's held by Benson Lawrence. But, mate, we... <laughs> uh, we uh, I I know all Melbourne supporters are thrilled, uh, even neutral supporters were thrilled that Melbourne won and broke that 57 premiership drought, mate. And you had a massive impact on that, as you are on Lucas Peters' life, mate. So congratulations on that, and thank you for joining us on SEN Hobart, mate. No stress. Thanks, guys. Thank you
6: for having me.
1: There you go, boys. Uh, Christian Petrarca, the Melbourne Premiership player. It's time to grab our last break, but after this we'll chat a few things Tasmanian as well. This is Jack and Payne on SEN Hobart.
0: Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On 1629 SEN Hobart, Jack and Payne with Jack Revolt and Tim Payne.
1: Welcome back, this is Jack and Paney on SEN Hobart Right on the back of the 8 o'clock hour here And you can give us a call on 1300 42 15 33 Or send us a text on 0437 552 532 Flash, a few more little bits of snippets and news
3: hanging around Well, let's touch on the Tigers yesterday 3 for 285 at stumps. We already briefly mentioned Tim Ward's 120 odd not out um, What a performance that was in his second game it's all set up. It's obviously back where you were last year, Tim, because yep. you spent some time in Adelaide on some flat wickets. What yep. was your response in terms of what were the guys saying? What was the deck like yesterday?
2: Yeah, my, my feedback last night was um, that day one this year was more like day three last year. So obviously we've, was they've, they've struggled to get some results at Karen Rolton Oval. Um, they've tried something different. The whole square looked quite dry. I think they're going to try and hope that it breaks up, it spins and it stays low. And I think early signs yesterday were that it will so I think it was a great toss to win and then more importantly I thought the top five or six batters, uh, Ward and McDermott in particular have done a terrific job, we'll need to kick on today, try and score a little bit quicker this morning and and have a bowl at Queensland um, at some stage before tea.
3: Very impressed with McDermott's knock, he was very much in four day mode wasn't he?
2: Yeah he was, he took 30 or 30-odd balls to get off the mark, which he's, he's probably not known for. He's known for his power and, um, and his ability to score. So I think in the last 12 months, he's really evolving as a Red ball cricketer. Um, his record in the last 12 months has been excellent. Hasn't got the big hundreds, but he's becoming a very consistent player for us.
3: Jack, what about this new rule, this BBL time-wasting rule? I mean, you are been a time-waster at times yep. um, yep. in your <laughs> career. Uh, 75 seconds was... M- was mooted Then you get a free hit get at them the out. stumps. Get
1: him out there. Get him out there and get them going, mate. You have got to keep the game evolving. We had T20 yep. we launched about what you do. a dozen years ago. Just get them going. Get someone. Get the pressure on. Maybe it might be better for. We don't need well. these
2: silly gimmick rules, though, Jack. For me, no. you don't
1: need this if you're not just there. Just have with, it as you a free a, bowl
2: at the stumps. Yeah. No, no. Just have it be. as get if you're out there. there
1: you're, you're out. out. timed Bang. out. There you go. go. Women's on. T20 last night. Flash washed out. Not much to
3: see there. I tell you what. What about the wheels? Now I know Talia of The the speed gum came up at one forty-five. I think we all understand that was not correct. But she bowled some quick bounces. The opening bowler for the Hurricanes. Yeah, um, isn't she? She's she's
2: genuinely got some zip about. Yeah, her. she's an exciting prospect. She's certainly I think the fastest female bowler in the world. So excited to see what she can bring to the table for the Hurricanes. I think the the biggest story out of. Um, the female game at the moment is the emergence of India much like their um, their male side we, we knew with the population if they can get their pathway sorted uh, they are going to be very hard to beat and we've seen the men do it and I think we're about to see uh, their, their women's side as well they're about to take off they're in a great position to beat a strong Australian side last night A
1: couple of quick text, boys before we do say goodbye to Paney. Paney, we well, want to know what sort of rinse you're running at the moment that comes from JB what's through the crop at the moment? JB, no, natural Natural. I've
2: been natural for years. I uh, where that one's come from.
1: I like this one from Lauren. Loving the show, guys. I'm a teacher on my way to work. I love my grade fives, but wouldn't mind a trade period at school at this time of the year. Would be <laughs> yeah. handy to move on a few role players. Have a great day. Thanks, Lars. Appreciate the, the that teachers. one. But, Painty, it's coming to an end. You, 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 we've done nine shows, and you're going to have a little bit of a a break. Yep. You've got something coming up called The Ashes. What's uh what well handing the baton over to to David Flashley our man. What what are you expecting from the from the great man that's sitting beside you at the moment?
2: Oh uh, look uh, we've well, we talked a little bit then about a pathway for Indian cricket. We've we've built a nice pathway here at SEN Hobart Jack. We've put a lot of time and development into Flash and I'm really excited to give the young fella a chance. So um obviously uh, to say he's co-hosting or that I'm co-hosting, that's probably a stretch. You're, you're the man running the show here, but we'll slip in. Role-playing is important. You'll have to keep him on track, but we're certainly impressed with what he's done through the junior
3: ranks, and now he's ready to go. I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone knows that we'll be okay here. More importantly for you, <laughs> for you, Tim, the next coming long world, you're moving so much better by the week. Mate, can you get us a 5-0? That's what we want. 5-0, Tim. 5-0 Come team. On, go get him. A win's a win. A win's I'll a win. i will take
1: anything. Well, boys, there you go. Tim Payne, nine episodes down. Up next is Cane Corns. Thank you for listening. Join us next Friday. This has been Jack and Payne on S N Hobart.